good morning good afternoon or good evening depending on what time you're listening to this my name is Tepo H Maloa and welcome to yet another episode of the frozen thoughts diary today I thought I should speak to you about love the power of love I decided to title this message an ocean of love but what is it we can all agree that love is a very powerful force so many people spend their lives looking for it it's a billion dollar industry all over the internet dating sites are the most popular you turn to tv you'll realize the most popular TV programs are just specifically dedicated to love. You look at your date, my family, our perfect wedding, your bachelorette, this, love and basketball, this. So many things related to this word, love. We can all agree it's a force that drives the world. In fact, we can even agree that love has the power to change the world. Have you ever had someone tell you that I love you? Can you remember how that made you feel? Have you ever been in love? Do you remember how you felt so alive? How you could hear all the sounds around you, how you can suddenly see all the colors and how suddenly you could feel the sunshine on your skin, how you could suddenly see the flowers all bright and you were always in a happy mood and all of a sudden the world is not so bad. The power of love. But what exactly is it? Is it a feeling? Is it a combination of emotions? Is it a connection with another person? What is it? These are questions I've been asking myself for quite a while and trying to deep dive deep into the meaning of love and how it affects us. Is there a need? How do I find love? How do I love another? How do I receive love? And these are all the questions that I thought I should try and explore together with you and package it into this voice note and hopefully you can find it worth your appreciation. So what is love? The Merriam-Webster dictionary has got multiple meanings, meanings for this word and also it's said that love is the one word that has the most meanings in the dictionary. Now, I'll just try and define a few of those meanings that I have found in the Merriam-Webster Dictionary. One, love, a strong affection for another, arising out of kinship of personal ties, maternal love for a child. Two, attraction based on sexual desire, affection and tenderness felt by lovers. Two, warm attachment, enthusiasm, or devotion. Three, the object of attachment, devotion, or admiration. For example, baseball was my first love. Now, I can go on 
trying to define this words as defined by the dictionary and we still would be arguing in fact as it is just reading those three meanings as defined by the dictionary we all see that it speaks of love as an attraction towards another person it's a feeling of affection and and after all these years i've been trying to really make sense of this and the dictionary has never done justice to this word and thinking that love is a feeling for most of my life thinking that love is a, a a feeling of attachment or that sense of commitment to another person or those uh, that feeling of tenderness towards another or that attraction or or sexual desire that you cannot control thinking that was love as the dictionary has defined it has been a path to a lot of downfalls for me a lot of heartbreaks a lot of disappointments because i thought i knew what love is and yet we can all agree that this is not love because if it was then there wouldn't be so many divorce rates there wouldn't be so many such high divorce rates across the country across the world people wouldn't be in abusive relationships if indeed love was this feelings of emotions this this uh, warm tender feelings that most movies tend to try and fool us into believing it is so since we the dictionary does not even come conclusive to what love is then what exactly is love now to put it mildly god is love just to be literal about it as the bible defines it after asking this question for weeks in my head god just suddenly said to me i am love i tried to make sense of this and i find myself asking even more questions to god but god if i am love if you are love then how does that define into how does that become practical in my day to day relationships how is that practical in my relationship with my lover yes you are love and then that's where the whole conversation between me and god began in my mind and in my in my spirit and this is when god said if i am love if i am love then love is having an attitude of god towards another this blew my mind away as i thought about what it truly means to be love or what it truly means to love another basically it means to have an attitude of god towards another so what is this attitude of god towards another how do you love with this attitude of god how do you uh, how, how do you find this love 
You see, we can all agree that love, love is not something you can buy. You can't command love. You can't force someone to love you. You, you may stage a seduction or, or a courtship or a relationship and you may only end up with infatuation or lust. Love is bigger than all of us. God is love. And because we are made in the image of God, it means that we are love. The fact that we are made in the image of God means that by loving another, we get a glimpse of who we truly are. Hence the Bible says, Love thy neighbor as thy love thyself. You see, love has no boundaries. It has no borders. It has no mess. You cannot touch it. But we can all agree that love drives this world. Love for your career. Love for your partner. Love. Can you imagine if a child is born into a loveless environment, into a loveless family, how that damages a child psychologically in their development. Because if a child is born into a place without love, it means that that child is not held. It means that that child is not, uh, is not played with that that child is not made to feel like they belong. It means that child is just there. And this is why love is the most powerful force in the world. I say force because I've come to understand that love is not a feeling. Love is not an emotion. Love is God. So how, what does that mean in practical terms? It basically means that you cannot love another person unless you know God. For only when you know God, then are you able to love yourself. Then you really begin to understand who you are. You begin to understand what you are destined for. You begin to understand what you should and shouldn't do. You begin to understand who you really are and what, you, what should govern you. You begin to have a set of principles that guide you. And this is why it's important that before you choose a life partner, you ensure that this person understands the presence of God embraces the presence of God in their life and that they love God. So, if I may break it down, God is love and we are made in the image of God, meaning that we are love. So, by loving another, we get a glimpse of heaven and by loving another, we get to really discover who we truly are and think about this we are m more than 70% water our entire body is up to 90% water they say and when you think of that simple fact there and you think of the fact that God is love and we are made in the image of love, it then basically means that we are nothing but an ocean of love. 
meaning that true genuine love begins the day that you really understand that you are enough by yourself. There's no amount of love you can receive from outside that you do not already have within you. So we should never get into a relationship of love with the intent to be loved because there's already enough love within us. We just have to be aware of it. Now, God is love. We are love. So by learning to love another, we discover who we are. But what does that really mean, Maloa? Now, for me to truly understand the workings of love or what we call love, as the movie and Hollywood has tried to define to us that gooey feeling, that sleepless night, that having sweaty palms and that having um, looking into another's eyes without looking any other direction that, ooh, that has been defined to be love to us in so many ways. But then it's not. Before we can love another, before we can commit ourselves to another, we need to ask ourselves several questions. What is love and what, what are my intentions for getting into love? Am I ready to love another? How do I know if I'm ready to love? And these are certain, there are certain things that one cannot compromise on because a relationship with another person is the most powerful force in anyone's life. A relationship or a marriage or a life partnership is the most important force in anyone's life. This is why it was the first thing that God introduced to man after creating Adam and Eve. Well, after creating Adam, Eve was created for the very sole purpose of marriage, to help the man. Now, when do you know that you are ready for love? I'd say that when you, when you are no longer afraid of getting your heart broken, because now you know that you have enough love for yourself and that you, that object of your affection is just a cherry on top. When you understand and believe that nothing lasts forever except for the love within you, I believe that's when you truly begin to understand that you might, you are ready for love. When you are not afraid to commit because of the fear of rejection, because you've been hurt in the past, when you've learned to forgive your previous relationship, when you have learned from that previous relationship and hurt and disappointment, when you, when you can think about it and not feel any sense of hurt or any sense of uh, resentment or any sense of uh, grief, thinking about that past, that's when you begin to realize that you are ready for a relationship, when you feel free, when you feel alive, joyous and to break in, in and when you're ready to break out of your of your walls of defense out of your own shackles 
when you are ready to open up and to learn all your lessons that life has learned, that has life has taught you. And when you are ready to share this life lessons and experiences with another, when you're ready to sacrifice, to sacrifice your time, to sacrifice your your resources, to sacrifice your comfort at times. That's when you begin to understand that you are ready for love. When you when you, you realize that you are doing it for all the right reasons, not because you need someone to complete you, not because you feel unhappy. Now those would be the worst reasons to get into a relationship with love. You when not when you feel like you can save this person. Not not when you're looking for someone to save you either. When you have come to really awaken to what love truly is, that there is God within you, that you are an ocean of love, that's when you will begin to truly be ready for a relationship. That's when when you'll be able to truly begin to really be able to choose a life partnership. When you have unpacked all your baggages, but then how does one truly do this? Have you, have you learned from your previous relationships? Are you willing to learn from another? Are you comfortable just being by yourself? Do you own who you really are? Or do you need another person to complete you and to make you feel welcome, to make you feel like you belong? Now, when you have the love of God within you and the love of God is alive within you, you realize that God's love is more than anything and everything that you need. So in other words, if you are lonely and if you feel like you need another person to complete you and to fulfill you, then you have lost touch with the genuine love of God within you because the love of God comes with its own fruits. It comes with, uh, with peace. It comes with joy. It comes with happiness. It comes with a serenity. That's the genuine love of God. Because now, oftentimes what we confuse for love is just emotions. And this is what, the Holy, what Hollywood would like us to truly fall into. To, and by chemicals, I mean that... Uh, Love has got multiple stages that infatuation and true love does take time. And it, it, it takes knowledge. It, 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 it takes experience as well. It takes, it, it takes knowing self more than anything and knowing that without knowing God, you cannot love another because you cannot really know who you are. But how does one choose a relationship as well? You have to ask yourself a few questions. Like, what did you like about your partner? What did you enjoy doing the most with your partner? What did you, what did you disagree with your partner about? Before you choose another, you need to be able to ask yourself such questions. What did you criticize your previous lover for? Oh, why did your relationships end? What are your shortfalls? Could it be that you're making the same mistake again? 
Love is a very powerful force. Love is a very powerful force. And I feel that we need to awaken to the love within us at all times and know exactly who we are in God first so we can be able to love another human being in the way that they should be loved. We begin to realize that true love really is God. It's unconditional. It's not I love you if, I love you when, or I love you because. It's just genuine in the same way that God loved me and sacrificed his only son. I love you. Now, I was also thinking to myself, what should I be looking for when I look for love? What are the attributes that I should be on the lookout for before I commit my life to another? And some of the things that I, I got to find and got to jot down were maturity. What is this person's level of maturity? Can we meet on the same page? What's their, how open are they to communication? Are they defensive? Are they willing to be vulnerable with you? Are they honest? Do, do they have integrity? Do they protect their integrity? Do they respect you? Or do they have a sense of independence? Did, did, will they feel complete or not incomplete or not complete when you're not around? Are they affectionate? Do they have, are they empathetic to other people? Can you relate on what levels? Now, these are certain. These are some of the things we need to always be constantly aware of when we are looking for love. When we are choosing partners for love understanding their values, understanding the person's interests, their temperament, and uh, understanding what their life plans are so that we can also know exactly how to, how, where we fit into their lives. Because after all, if this person does not have a set plan for their life, how are we to plan a life together? And also, because God is love, we need to understand that true love will bring forth the fruits of the Spirit, which is love, joy, peace, forbearance, meaning to, um, to withstand patience and kindness. It will bring goodness and, and faithfulness. It, it will bring gentleness and, and a sense of discipline as it says in Galatians 5, 22 to verse 23. These are all fruits of the Spirit. So if the love that you are in or the relationship that you are in does not bring forth these things, then it cannot be love because love brings joy and peace, makes one feel patient and calm and kind. And we need to always guard ourselves of things that come to us pretending to be love. We need to guard our hearts 
against all things of the enemy which come to us pretending to be love. Because if it is not of God, it cannot be love. If it is lust, if it's full of pride, if it's full of envy or, or anger or, or, or greed, it cannot be love. We need to always guard ourselves of all things that come to us pretending to be love. And I believe that only once we have really awakened to this love within us can we truly begin to live fulfilled lives when we really begin to understand that we have enough love within us than we'll ever give or receive. Can we then have happier, more fulfilled relationships? Um, this voice note is already long enough. I will close this with a scripture which is very popular in the Bible, 1 Corinthians 13, and it reads as such. If I speak in the tongues of men or of angels, but do not have love, I am only a resounding gong or a clanging cymbal. If I have the gift of prophecy and cannot fathom all mysteries and all knowledge, and if I have faith that can move mountains, but do not have love, I am nothing. If I give all I possess to the poor and give over my body to hardship that I may boast, but do not have love, I gain nothing. Love is patient. Love is kind. It does not envy. It does not boast. It is not proud. It does not dishonor others. It is not self-seeking. It is not easily angered. It keeps no record of wrongs. Love does not delight in evil, but rejoices with the truth. It always protects, always trusts, always hopes, always perseveres. Love never fails. But where there are prophecies, they will cease. Where there are tongues, they will be stilled. Where there is knowledge, it will pass away. For we know in part and we prophesy in part. But when completeness comes, what is in part disappears. When I was a child, I talked like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like a child. When I became a man, I put the ways of childhood behind me. For we now, for now we see only a reflection as in a mirror. Then we shall see face to face, now in part, then I shall surely fully know, even as I am fully known. And now, these three things will remain, faith, hope, and love. But the greatest of these three is love. Now, this is what I had to share with you today about love and my understanding of it. Basically, God is love. God is love. And by truly awakening to that fact, we begin to treat 
everybody we meet with the best love of God within us. And may we always be aware of it in choosing the loves of our lives, in choosing the ones we are to spend our lives with, in choosing, in loving those who surround us. We need to understand that God is love. So love or love, loving is having an attitude of God towards us, towards another, as it is so blatantly put in 1 Corinthians 13. Um, let me quickly close with this. One of my favorite scriptures in the Bible, in Romans 8, verse 38. And it says, And I am convinced that nothing can ever separate us from God's love, neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither our fears for today nor our worries about tomorrow. Not even the powers of hell can separate us from God's love. No power in the sky above or in the earth below. Indeed, in all creation will ever be able to separate us from the love of God that is revealed in Christ Jesus our Lord. Nothing can ever separate us from love, the Bible says. May you always be aware of this and realize that there's no amount of, of, of regret, there's no amount of pain, there's no amount of sin that can ever separate you from the love of God. Always know that God loves you more than anything in this world. God loves you with every single one of your flaws. God loves you through thick and thin and that you are his masterpiece. That there's no amount of guilt or shame. There's no amount of insecurities or addiction or, or whether it's lust or adultery or whether it's fear. There's nothing that can separate us from God's love. There's no amount of bitterness or pride. God loves us like a mother would love her child, except infinite times more. God loves us like a parent would love us, despite the mistakes, despite the, the, the disappointments, despite he, he does not treat us according to our mistakes and our sins. He loves us either way because there's nothing that can separate us from his love. No amount of generational curses or insecurities or anxiety or unforgiveness or lack of vision can ever separate us from his love. May we always be aware of this and may we live more fulfilled lives knowing that this love of God lives within us that God lives within us. My name is Tepo H. Maloa, and you've been listening to The Frozen Thoughts Diary. God is love. You are an ocean of love. Frozen Thoughts. <laughs>